0: This is Out in Arkansas with Tracy and Angie.
1: We are your hosts, Tracy Berry and Angie Bowen. What's up, Ange? A uh, whole lot of nothing. Like, I was thinking today that for the last several weeks, my answer has been a whole lot of nothing. So I was going to try and make something <laughs> up. And I was like, mm, shit, no, I still got nothing. Um, <laughs> working on it. Uh, Man. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Prep two days in advance yeah, next gonna, week, so yeah. I have an answer. I'm
0: just gonna, I'm going to set a reminder for you and just okay. Yeah. Hey, remember, I'm going to ask you. remember
1: to have something. <laughs> remember to act like you I like mean, are interesting and do things. Like remember <laughs> to do that. Appreciate you. I clearly I mean, need the prompting.
0: Well, you you do things right. Is it the rain? Um. So no, like no projects around the house. Sarah didn't have you.
1: No, I I'm done hauling rock until October. Oh, okay. is what I've heard. Um, <laughs> So that's not it. I did do some painting this weekend. I haven't done that in a little bit. Good. Like not painting walls, but the stuff that you've seen me do, like the actual artwork, is what we're calling it now. Oh, nice! I hear you can call it that. Like actually, after you've actually sold some, yeah. Like then you get to be an artist because people have paid for it. So um, awesome. I'm an artist, and um, <laughs> I'm gonna start introducing you as such. Yeah, please don't. Like it's. Yeah, I struggle to be legit in any area. I don't. Art is probably the last one. Oh. Yeah. What's I mean, happening with you? Well, I'll
0: be like, hey, and your host, Tracy Berry, and artist.
1: I can Andy be the artist in <laughs> residence of the two of us. Like, yeah. that's that's amazing. Perfect.
0: Um, been busy, had a lot of uh, Democratic Party of, of Arkansas things going on. I went down to Henderson State University Saturday for the Clark County Clinton Day Dinner. That was my first experience. I got to meet uh-huh, right. a lot of people that. That I have never met, and kind of um, have more visibility for our Stonewall Democratic Caucus. Sure. And so that was nice, and I also ran to an old professor of mine, uh, which was really cool. Like we kind of keep up with each other on Facebook, but I haven't seen him in person in probably 20 years, and so it was it was nice. So it was it was really cool. That along with kaleidoscope. So you know, we yeah. last week we talked about our LGBTQ plus film festival or film and cultural festival that we have each year and that kicked off last friday night and we'll be ending that this saturday so it's a 10-day festival a lot of great stuff going on there of course always some familiar faces that we see but what i like the most is when we see new faces that that come out for these events and get to meet new people and kind of engage with the community and so both allies and LGBTQ plus individuals so it was, it was in nice. support
1: of next year's speed dating idea that i right. come up with yeah <laughs> yeah I'm pretty <laughs> right. sure we're, we're gonna make that viable I don't gonna, know how we're gonna but. make it happen <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. um you were also out cycling and got caught in the rain didn't you I
0: did I went. Yeah. yeah I was trying to get a workout in because I did not go Friday or Saturday I'm sorry yeah Friday or Saturday and so I, was, I refused to Miss out on a workout yesterday, and so I thought the rain was going to come in a little bit later. And I took Mm -hmm. off, and about Mm -hmm. seven miles in, I actually noticed the wall of rain on the river as I crossed the bridge. And I even thought to myself, "You're going to ride into this. You're going
1: to so let's keep on going." So I kept
0: going. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting stopped and met a couple of cool couples. You know, as we waited the storm out and talked a lot about different things, cycling and stuff in Arkansas and. Then I finished my ride. After that, I got 20 more miles in. But on that second round, about 16 miles in, I did not want to slow down and and break my pace. Mm-hmm. And I was coming around a roundabout uh-huh. and lost it. I mean, I just went. I got some nice road rash,
1: but not on your face. <laughs> no, Cause, no, because like this is news to me, which means not on your face. Yeah, so. Not Way to save but, the moneymaker, yeah, kid. Good job. That. I wish it were a moneymaker.
0: <laughs> um, but anyway, so, well, we've got a lot of things going on, but we have guests that are calling in today that I'm super excited about and really um, looking forward to the conversation we're, we're going to have. But we have Ken and Melissa Ballard that have called in today. They are from Texas. Uh, hey, Ken and Melissa. Okay. Oh, you guys with us? We are. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you're enjoying our jabbering, the witty banter. Witty banter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so, Ken and Melissa, you guys, I um, came across it was a, it was a couple two three weeks ago uh, a video of Ken uh, in front of the state Texas state legislature um, speaking about your transgender son. And um, I guess in support of and this of him and against some legislation that may have been up in their session. I guess I think it was last year. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it was spring uh, a year ago. A year ago, it was, it was SB six. which was like many other states. It was a bathroom bill. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, basically saying that. Uh, you could only go to a bathroom in a public uh, space that matched your birth ticket. So unless you had an F4M on it, you were not going to go to the bathroom that did not match. And, yeah, and so it was, the video itself was actually probably two months before it even went to hearing. That was actually a press conference. Okay. Um... Yeah, the way some of the articles that republish that thing make it sound like it's been kind of a big crowd. There were like five people in the room. Um <laughs> but that's fine. Um, but yeah, it was like January about probably about two months before it even went to hearing. The first hearing for it was first public hearing was around March. Okay. Most of remembers members better, fifth or sixth, something like that. Early March mm-hmm. is when we actually went down and spoke to the uh, a ten-member panel uh,
0: that was actually hearing the bill. Okay, yeah. So that was like a, would you say a press conference in front of five people? But this video, this
1: particular video, went viral.
2: A uh, little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ken, we've seen you on CNN. I, I feel like a little bit.
3: It's going viral again.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it's a battle of- the point made CNN, that was really just news. What what drove it getting to CNN is, what's funny is it initially posted that January when it was caught by a, a lady at Red Media Group um, out of Austin, and, you know, it got hosted, I think, we thought it was cool because I think like 15,000 people looked at it, mm-hmm. and then it went away. And then they reposted it again, uh, I think, right before uh, extended session was going to occur, um, because uh, the bill itself never made it to vote in regular session. So Texas went ahead and called extended session, because uh, they weren't, I guess, uh, happy that it didn't get heard with a few other things that they were trying to push through. So they called a special extended session. And right before that happened, um, it got posted again, and I want to say it got to like, I don't know, it seemed like a lot, 20,000, something like that, when upworthy.com Upwardly, was the first folks to contact, because I guess they kind of watch things that are trending or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they contacted and wanted to talk and sent a questionnaire of, I don't know, five or 10 questions answered it. They wrote a short article And when Upworthy got a hold of it, is when it really started to go nuts. Uh, Within about a day or so of Upworthy posting it, it got recirculated by probably 10 or 20 other publications from Pink News to LGBTQ Nation, I think. And uh, we were seeing it pop up from Texas to Singapore to Germany. It was kind of insane.
0: Wow. Yeah, all over the place.
2: Yeah, and that Friday after Upworthy had published it, it was funny. A coworker said, "You know, CNN's going to be calling." Like CNN does not care about this stuff. And so that Monday, I was going to get coffee when my messenger on Facebook went off, and it was a lady saying, "Hi, I'm so and so with CNN." Which (laughs) I thought. And at first, one of my coworkers were. Trying to, uh, <laughs> you thought you were getting name. pranked, <laughs> <laughs> and so I replied, and it was really CNN. And then I called Melissa, um, I was like, CNN wants to do a story on this thing, and are you and Asher okay with it? Because with CNN, it was no longer viral, it was then going to be news, and with you know, with viral, it's kind of like interest, kind of pushed viral along mm-hmm. with with CNN it becomes news and when it becomes news it's a totally different audience and not necessarily everybody's a fan and my concern was uh, too much visibility for the kid. True. So I called Melissa like are y'all okay with us going ahead and doing this particularly Asher because you know um, the video talks about him and he's suddenly going to like be at least in name on CNN. So once all you know, all three were good with it. We, uh, I pushed that lady right up to her deadline. Um, <laughs> I sat on the, the question all day because I was still kind of nervous about it. And I'm finally I sent it back to her. Kind of nervous. Time for a cutoff.
1: So what was it with the kind of nervous, which I think most of us could probably understand that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a try to... Um, No one's picked up anything I've done and wanted to push it, like, news worldwide. But I'll try and understand, nervous. (laughs) Um, So being that nervous, what was it that pushed you into the, yes, we want or need to do this?
2: Um, Probably because Ash and Melissa were okay with it. I mean, I had reservations for a different reason. I work in IT security information security,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so I went and looked up, you know, when I uh, I went and looked up CNN, and they're like, as far as website hits, they're like, they're in the top hundred around the globe, so I was like, <laughs> it, it was like, once once they have it, it's it's got the potential that a lot of people may look at it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a, a lot of people knowing who we are now, Mhm. Yeah. Whether or not that was reality, it's just, you know, when you work in the, in the field of risk management, um, you know, managing risk is always on your mind.
0: Right. Yeah. And so you at some point had to decide or weigh out the negatives and the positives, right? Like, was that risk worth getting that message out there? you know, Angie and I talk about this all the time and and we try to encourage people to come on and share their stories because you just never know even if it touches, you know, five people or three million people, um, you know, you have a chance to make an impact in someone's life with that story. And so I think it takes a lot of courage to come out with that and and do what you guys have done and, and maybe that thought process, you know, how you weigh out that and how you decide, you know what, this could possibly save someone's life or give someone hope um, or even change someone's mind, you know, I think it takes a lot of courage to do that. And so was there like that point in time where you were kind of, you know, weighing those options and if that risk was worth it?
2: Um. For me, i would probably looked at it a little different mm-hmm. uh, from, a, from a statistical standpoint because, like I said, I'm a data person.
1: Mm,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, I just kind of got to the, the – well, in my mind, I thought at worst maybe 100,000 people will look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, compared to how many people are actually in, like, the USA, um, the chances of, of encountering any one of those 100,000 are pretty slim. And and just the realities that, you know, it wasn't necessarily going to exponentially increase uh, risk to Asher because, um, you know, who's really ever going to come in contact with him is pretty minimal. Right. And the message itself, um, you know, the people that seen it thus far were, uh, you know, the folks that were driving it. Initial push, I guess. the The contacts up to that point had been people that contacted directly were mostly actually they were all positive up to that point. So uh, it was kind of something that was taken up. It was kind of getting legs of its own without my input, anyway. But whether CNN took it or not, it was already it was already running around there. like crazy,
1: right? So as yeah, a data guy, news, no, go ahead, Melissa.
3: I was just saying when you start seeing all the different news out, outlets that have picked it up, like you said, going into Vietnam and all these different countries, and you see things that are in different languages, and you're like, "Wait, that's about us." It's very, it's very weird, um, especially for it to be such a, a short little clip that it was, uh, but then to be picked up and just—it's almost phenomenal. Um when something goes viral like that. Um, but then when it when it happens again and you see it again, you're like, What is this doing? Why why is it happening again now? Because right now it's go it last week it was going viral again for some odd reason. Um and he tried to, you know, being the data guy I tried to back into that to see why, what started it this time, what kicked it off and really don't know, but it it's getting legs again and moving around, so kind I go with it. I bet it was our yeah, Facebook was,
1: page. <laughs> not really not really I'm kidding
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I noticed about a week and a half or two ago I started getting tagged Uh, I'm like why am I getting tagged and I went and looked and I noticed that it uh, it, CNN had posted it three times and the more recent one uh, suddenly started climbing again and yeah about seven days it drew another 400,000 views, something like that. No idea why. Wow.
0: Well,
2: Nothing's going on right now. Texas legislation, uh, you know, retest, retest, is re- They recess for two years. You know, they yeah, don't first. start up again until next spring. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we don't know why it, it jumped this time, but suddenly it started kicking off views and shares, and it's kind of weird.
3: I was getting people tagging me, too, and people that had no connections. I'm in a lot of different groups for parents of trans kids and have a lot of friends spread out all over the United States because of some of the work that we've done and conferences I've been to and whatnot. And I had somebody from out of state tag me. And, they, and then I said, oh, yeah, that's my husband. And they were like, what, that's your husband? I had no clue about that. We were kind of
2: funny seeing their reaction
3: because
1: it was like, this
2: guy's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of think so. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty good stuff. <laughs> he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, 20,
1: 22 years, she hasn't changed a lot. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, Not yet. <laughs> it's a good streak. See what you can do. Well, and I wonder, you know, because
0: with our climate right now and, and just uh, on the national level, and things that are being said, and I feel like there are probably a lot of people looking for resources or or different things to share to um, maybe even uplift uh, certain people, especially the trans community, um, in our within the LGBTQ community because of the things that have uh, happened lately, you know, with the military and, and just different things that old 45 mm-hmm. has uh They're been putting prof- out there you know and because I, I feel like our um groups here and especially with our parents like our P flag group and our GLSEN Glisten group has and I don't know if it's just me now noticing more or if it, it seems as though they have become quite a bit more active recently than they have been in the in the past,
3: or at least the, over the past year. Oh, there's been a lot of group and excuse me, a lot of growth in those groups over the past couple of years. Um, we've seen it around here locally, mm-hmm. and you know we we started a group for parents of trans kids back in 2015, and it has. I mean, it's just really this past year, mm-hmm. the past the past couple of months. For some reason, it's really grown. But we're connected with the. Um, the transgender youth clinic here at Children's Health, and so they refer people to us, and then we've got connections with a lot of different counselors in the area too, and and they refer people's to parents to us that need support as well. So we've seen a lot of that. I get a, I get calls from PFLAG. I'm actually doing a conference with uh, the Southwest Chapter, and Southwest Area Region PFLAG Group in September, um, which has to do you know with parents and the parents of trans kids and whatnot. So. Key Flag's really growing with it. They're trying to learn a lot more about it. They've got some great books out about supporting trans youth um, and becoming a trans ally. So those are things we try to use when we do some of our conferences and trainings around here as well.
1: So that's kind of the, the course of how you, you know, came to be on the show. That's the most important part, right? We've tracked that down. Uh, but also can you tell us more about what that progression was like for you as parents, where you thought you had a binary child until they told you they were, in fact, transgender, what was that like, that process for you as parents?
2: So, I think that's probably the. probably what's in the sexual video is that there's a. A what I would say stereotypical Texas dad when you first click on it, but he doesn't say very stereotypical Texas <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. You know, some old boy, some old boy in a ball cap, jeans, and a black shirt. And <clears throat> but the things stated are just simply the things that any parent really should state. Uh, when Ash when Ash came out, there were. There were internal struggles, but there was never, like, like physical struggles. I mean, um, and the, the internal struggles weren't so much like, no, I'm not, you know, going to support this, the transgender transition. It was more, you know, uh, what do you do with 12 years up to that point?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, and I think probably many parents go through it. We just had a key pivot point in that our kid was transitioning to uh, a gender different than what we had been raising them as. I think probably every parent, because, you know, this is around 12 years old, and I think probably every parent when their kid goes from 12 to 13 uh, has similar feelings. I mean, your 12-year-old is not the same as your 5-year-old. Your five-year-old's not the same as your infant. Sure. And I think there's a natural—I um, don't know—grieving's the right word for for every parent as their kid progresses through various stages of life. Ours just had a very key pivot point. Not only were they transitioning teenage years, they were transitioning to—they um, were transitioning genders. Well, see, so it, was, uh, it, was a lot to, it was a lot to wrap the head around at one.
1: Mm-hmm. And while it's a lot, can the way that you stated it kind of simplifies it, right? For we could make it about a whole lot of other things, but instead, it's here's my child telling me who they are, who they will be going forward, and as a parent, that's my job to wrap my head around and support them.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think a lot of the things that I held on to wasn't anything about what was going on because I dug in. I started reading, learning, educating myself about it, um, what I was going to do to support him in this, how we were going to go about it. I think all the reservation and the fear that I had about any of it was external Mm -hmm. because I know how people are. I know how people treat the LGBT or the LGB community at this point. You know, we really didn't know how people were going to treat the trans community at that point, but. had grown up around it, uh, lived in the community here in Dallas um, when I met Ken. Actually, I was living in the in the neighborhood,
0: <laughs> and
3: um, <laughs> and so I mean you, you see those things and you know what happens. And of course, all the stories in the media and the different things that you hear. And so those were probably more my fears than anything of how is the world going to treat my kid, mm-hmm. and and how am I going to protect my kid in that? And well, we've really we've been lucky because our family pretty much jumped on board with it. I mean, there's still some, you know, some struggles with um, misgendering once in a while because they're not around all the time and Mm -hmm. they still have that that 12 years stuck in their head. And and when you're, when you have that and not much else, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it Mm -hmm. because, you know, teenagers are teenagers and they don't want to hang out with the family. Um, So there's little things like that, but you, you know that people are trying and, and we were lucky in that because there's a lot of people, once their kid comes out and they start transitioning, families get cut off or mm-hmm. they have to be cut off because of their reactions and the way that they're not being supported and, and treating their, their a lot of times grandkids or um, siblings or whatnot, um, treating them poorly. So it's a difficult situation for a lot of people. We were lucky not to have that, though. So is there.
2: Yeah, at, the, at the same time? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Ken. I was just gonna say, the other piece, you know, is like so. Ash comes, you know, Ash comes out as a boy, and you're like, all right, boy, let's do this. <laughs> um, just, 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 just as much as a parent shouldn't, should not get, well, I don't know, shouldn't say, shouldn't, um, stepped in the idea of what, what a, what a girl. Is or isn't? Don't get mm-hmm. stuck in the idea of what a boy or a boy is not. Because you know, once he said boy, I'm like, all right, RC cars and, <laughs> sure. and stuff, and go and fishing. No, he's an, he's an artsy kid. We don't we don't do the race tracks, the RC cars. We do uh, we help him get ready for anime conventions. He nice. does cosplay.
0: <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's awesome. But you know, and, and I think that goes along with, with anybody, or not anybody, I mean there's I think there's a different part to this, but it's just accepting your child as who they are. You know, I think I struggled I mean, I have a son that's twenty five years old and I remember and I you know, I was the athlete growing up and, and played sports all through high school and college and then uh you know, here I have a five-year-old and I'm trying to teach him how to dribble a basketball and he picks it up and he just looks at me and says, Mom, I'm never going to play basketball. <coughs> <laughs> it was at that moment where I was like, <gasps> you know, I was like, what? Oh. You know, but it was, I mean, because it's not about us. You know, it's not about yeah. us and what we, it's, it's about them and, and who they are and what they want and, and as parents, we, you know, need to support that and I think that that's, what you guys have done, and, and I just, you know, I, when I hear stories like this, it's like, man, you know, that's just, they're doing what parents are supposed to do, you know, and, and what's sad is there's so many times when you hear those cases um, of parents that aren't, and when you have children that are being being kicked out of their houses or living on, from couch to couch and are homeless because of who they are, and a family that won't accept them and that's um, so I think probably too that's probably part of why your story and your video has went viral because people need to see that message you know well
1: and I think Ken was spot on why you know a piece of why it resonated for so many folks was you've got a stereotypically southern slash Texan guy Mm -hmm. show up and say a lot of things that, the, that same stereotypical Texas guy doesn't say. And I think that's the part that resonates. Mm. Right? So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, brag up on the Yankees as I usually do, because <laughs> I am one who are pretty awesome, but um... <clears throat> Scotty. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, it would have far less I'm realistic to know it would have far less impact, like, it than if we had a, a tape of a parent in New York or even San Francisco or something, right? Like, it I don't know that it would have captured as much attention because, yeah, we kind of expect that narrative to emerge from those areas Mm -hmm. as opposed to we're we're not necessarily expecting that to originate from the South. And so I think that that's, I think Ken, you're spot on in that being a a part of the reason, maybe a large part of the reason why, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that it captured as many people as it did.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I I believe that's largely the case. I don't think it has anything to do with the name that was in the article. Uh, it could have been Kim Ballard. It could have been Joe Smith. I think um, you know. I don't think anything earth shattering was stated. It was just common sense stuff. Let people be. Um, I'm still you know, that it spun up again every time, it kind of mystifies me because I'm just like why is this news at all? And I've read some of the comments, and some of the comments that are trying to be mean, you know, they say things, why is this even news? I agree. Why is it even news?
1: Right. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Well, it, 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 it's probably news because there's still far too many people that don't do just common sense things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that don't talk about Publicly, so I do have my faith, and I do strongly believe that you treat your neighbor as yourself, and that kid is my first neighbor. Um, He's my and Melissa's first neighbor, and if we if if we can't get it right in our own house, you know, we don't have a lot of business dealing with anyone else.
1: Yeah,
0: makes complete sense. Complete sense, and so. You know, I know that you guys, um, Ken, you mentioned in our conversations that, um, you know, unfortunately you, you had some experience with, with activism before, um, before this came about, um, yep. through, through um, you know, what you do for, and I'm going let you tell the story, but you spoke about how, you know, unfortunately you've been an activist for quite some time before this video went viral.
2: Uh yeah, well both Melissa and I, uh mm-hmm. Bailey, right,
0: right, you know, sorry.
2: she more or less got thrown into it. She back in O eight received the uh, diagnosis of, of MS. Mm-hmm. Uh multiple sclerosis. And um you know, kinda of similar it's like at the time at the time Ash came out. Um kind of a similar thing feelings, what Okay, what do we do now? Because uh, with something like that, well, I mean, anytime there's a a um, a life change transition of sorts, um, you got to figure out what's the what's going to be the strategy. I guess the the plus side is the diagnosis was really just giving it a name. We'd already been trying to figure it out for a while. Mm-hmm. For a while, a year, two years of just random crazy, bizarre symptoms. Um, oh. And then, <clears throat> Go ahead.
3: Well, that May, cause it was May of 2008, we actually went to support a friend at a Bike MS event as volunteers and then two weeks later, here I get diagnosed with it. And at that point, I was like, I'm not going to anything else again to support anybody <laughs> for anything. <else.">
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> <It's> contagious.
3: <laughs> yeah, right? Oh. No, but we, we stayed on at, at that okay. point and that's that's where both of our
0: um, activist
2: stuff started was through Bike MS and the MS Society. Right. And then you and, guys, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, so, we found out she had MS and, uh, you know, like she said, we just volunteered at a rest stop on these rides, they're, you know, 150 mile rides and mm-hmm. every 10 miles or so is a rest stop and so we would volunteered at the one that my company sponsors and, uh, yeah, yeah, Two, three weeks later, they're like, she comes home and she's like, it's MS. And I pretty much had the same thought. I'm not volunteering for another thing again. <laughs> this, this is how karma works. Right. I don't need any more karma.
1: <laughs> Where do I sign up for lottery winners? Where do I go to a group for that? Yeah, Give me that.
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, once we kind of wrapped our heads around... Wait a minute, what we're gonna, what she was gonna have to do respond to it as far as treatment options and things like that. The the following spring, when Bucky Mess came around through Dallas again, I skipped the rest stop and started being a a cyclist at the um robust weight of about two hundred
0: and forty pounds. Oh yeah, wow, okay. I
2: took I, I took a shot at that first ride. Um with like about three weeks of training and made it about 50 miles but hey, it was 50 miles I didn't make the day before
0: right yeah wow I mean that's impressive you
2: know it's has some determination yeah that's all it was after about the first 10 miles the rest of it was determination yeah um and then from there it just kind of became an annual an annual event and through cycling and, and I think by the next year I figured out if I were going to keep up with the whole pipeline thing. Um, sometimes I tell people where MS may have invaded our house at the same time. It probably in some ways saved my life in the sense that I was already have hypertension and going to be put on, uh, cholesterol meds and basically everything else that goes with being, you know, overweight. Um, So that the following year, 2010, around that March, I just said, you know, decided uh, I was not going to go into my 40s, still being in the 200s, and at that time, I was 38, and I was going to give myself until 40s to get the weight off, and about six months later, I was down into the 180s, 170s, and I've pretty much been there ever since, and I've now done... From that first ride, I started calling it "ride for my bride," <laughs> and we're now going to be doing "ride for my bride" number twenty-six in October at, at Metz, Uh Ride to the River in San Antonio.
0: Oh wow, well, that's awesome! I mean, you've taken what you know could could have been. Um, I mean, it's it's not a great thing, right? But you you guys could have laid down and just let it kind of take over you. Uh, both Melissa, you know, and Canon, but you've you've taken this and turned it into a positive, you know, which I think again, it shows a lot about who you guys are um, as people, and and the way you take these things on, you know.
1: Well, and I think even more than that is even to hear you guys like, describe the the challenges and the struggles. And the way that you overcome it is stated with just such, you know, it's just very matter-of-fact, like, well, this is just what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, to yeah. me, I'm like, well, I mean, that's one of your choices. <laughs> um, but not everybody chooses that, well, this is just what you do. And so I think that it's maybe it's more remarkable than you all probably give yourselves credit for. Right, it's this is what we should do. This is, you know, what are our other options lay down and not do anything. So it's just common sense that we choose this. And I'm saying, well, I don't think that makes it any less remarkable or impressive. So, you know, it's here comes the counselor and me going, give yourselves credit for what you're doing, okay? Because it matters. Because you do have other choices. And just because you're wired this way or just because you think this comes out of a pragmatism, uh, that determination is still very, very admirable.
3: Thank you. Uh, I, I think appreciate we're both, that. We're both pretty stubborn,
1: so I think that <laughs> helps, too. <laughs> I haven't found anything that that really hurts. <laughs> Except maybe around the house, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, the, um, you
2: know, one of my... Uh, one of my jerseys one year just simply had I do on one of the sleeves. Because um, oh. that's what I meant.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what a a great, um, you know, um, example you guys are for Asher. You know, and Sean. Oh, he has
3: his own ideas about those those
2: things for
3: sure but <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah he's, he's 16 so he has oh, no ideas true. About all that but okay
2: <laughs> the,
0: the, the apology tour is coming in at 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well and so you know even through and again here you are you're you're going through this and that's um you know a um
1: What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I need more context. This is yeah. usually where like, I give like, Tracy words, where but <laughs> I need a little bit more to go on. <laughs>
0: Angie always fills in my blanks or translates uh, what I'm I trying speak, to say. I speak T bear pretty <laughs> she well. She just speaks T bear. Then, um, well, I mean, because this is a challenge. You know, you've you've been diagnosed with MS, and so there's like this uh, kind of challenge that you've been put that has been put on you in your life, and. And then to take on, so that's, you're dealing with personally, but then to take on all these other um, responsibilities that you have. I mean, you chair the, um, and I'm sorry, I, I don't have it pulled up and I should have written it down, but the organization that you chair, the trans... I'm
3: the president of Trans and Families of Texas.
0: Right. And, and I know that that is yeah. not, I mean, that keeps you busy. It does.
3: You know, and, and, and... I'm also on... Ken and I both are also on the board of um, GALA, which is the GAN Lesbian Alliance of North Texas. So we do that as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it can, it can be a lot, especially between the two groups. But, thankfully, I've been in remission from MS for about four years now. Awesome. And so I have some residual effects, uh, but I take a shot, and that, it's been helping since I've started taking this daily shot. And so right now i I, I kind of have the determination of I need to do what I can do now because I know there's probably a time when I'm not gonna be able to because I've been there before too
1: mm-hmm.
3: And um, sometimes sometimes I overdo it and and don't stop and um, sometimes I drag Ken along with me and <laughs> even kicking and screaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things that we saw this need. Where our group originally started, um, our parents' group, is called DFW Trans Kids and Families, and that actually started up in 2015. Um, Just, you know, right after we found out about ASH, we met a core of people at a therapist's office and and just kind of built from there. And now we've got, uh, in our Dallas group, we we have a a secret parents' group. Some of our families aren't out. They're not um, public, and some of them are, like us. We have about 325 parents in that group locally now. And we also have uh, a second group that's uh, Texas parents of transgender kids that started. Because of the legislature stuff, we started meeting people down in Austin that were in the same boat. You know, they needed support. They needed connection with people. And and some of them were in rural areas outlying, not in in the urban areas. And so it was just a way for them to connect as well. And that one's got, um, I don't know, more, more than 200 in it as well. So it just, it keeps growing all the time, and anytime time we get any of these different articles or, or videos that come out, um, we end up getting more members um, because they see it and they're like, oh, well we can connect, here's people that are going through what we're going through. And that's, that's why we started it. That's why I started the initial website back in, it was about August 2015 when I put the website up, and because I realized there was going to be other parents that needed the connection that we had, mm-hmm. and that way they could search it and find it. And it, it's just grown.
1: So, Melissa and Ken, what would you say, and I'm, again, I'm a counselor, I see a lot. Um, Like, the majority of folks that I see in my practice are actually uh, trans or non-binary. But what would you see from a parent's perspective? Like, what are the, I don't know what I'm calling the most common, or the, the biggest concerns or challenges for the parents that are, Newly learning about their child, what are those big challenges, concerns that you hear from them? And then how do you, I guess, help support them in it? And how do you get them, like, help them move from that position of fear?
2: So so the things when folks have contacted me is um, names and pronouns is the parents I've encountered, they they struggle with uh, wanting to use the name or getting used to the pronouns. And, uh, you know, it's probably the most common thing I hear anyway is pronouns and name usage. And, uh, you know, I struggled with pronouns at first. It was 12 years of, of, you know, and her and now it was he and his and so for a while there i just i just used uh his name because i just uh you know i couldn't keep pronouns straight so if i needed the kid i would just say ash um, <laughs> until i could catch mm-hmm. up because you know at the point he came out he was ahead of us
3: right oh yeah
2: you know, he's well ahead of us. This is something that's been in his mind for a long, long time. Right. We're yeah. we're catching up, plus trying to rewrite. Uh, you know, parents trying to catch up, plus rewrite however many relative years they've had of a totally different memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the, the other thing that you know, I would, I personally would offer parents is you know cut yourself slack. This is not about perfection. This is about support.
3: For sure. Well, I, I tell people in our group all the time, you've got to give yourself time and just keep trying. Because there's a difference between messing up and, and misgendering and saying the wrong name when you're actively trying and when you're maliciously trying to hurt somebody. And these kids know that. They have that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you
1: know,
3: And they'll correct you. And that, We see that all the time. So, my biggest thing in the beginning was I couldn't do the he and him, and so I said they and them. And this was this was before the singular they and them came out, you know, public, and everybody started saying, "Oh, okay, we can do that." But I had somebody stop me one day and said, because I was talking about ass and I said they and them, and they said, "Oh, both of your kids are trans because we have a second child," <laughs> and they thought I meant they as in both of them. Right? So I said, oh no! Oh no! I, no! Then, uh, I gotta stop using that now. And so that's when I jumped on board and started using he and him because it was just it was confusing to other people,
0: right?
3: But we we know a lot of kids in our group that actually are we have non non-binary kids in our parents group as well because those parents need some support too. Their kids mm-hmm. are different than other kids, and we have boys that love sparkles and pink, you know, and um, but, so we we have that as well, and we have lots of they them too. And it's just a, it's a learning process for for anybody. Um, and that, I I tell people a lot of the questions I get asked are about issues, how to deal with this with schools, and then, you know, doctor and therapist, these type of things, and then getting, I help a lot of people get their documents in line, get their birth certificates changed, their court orders done for the name and gender markers changed. So these are all questions I get all the time. And, and I'm just like, you know, you just got to give yourself some time, and just you're doing the best that you can do now with the information you have at this time. And I just remind them that all the time. And you know that might change in a year. Something might be different. There might be a mm-hmm. new medical um, intervention that, that's totally different than there is now. I'm not going to pay too. When we get there, we'll deal with that then. Mm-hmm. So one step at a time. Well, well yeah. yeah. Well, baby you know, baby steps. Mm-hmm.
0: One
1: step at a time. And they count.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's definitely one step at a time. I mean, like with Ash, it's like, okay, what, you know, what do you need, want right now? And, you know, initially Ash was like, um. Boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, boxer brief. Boy underwear. It's actually, he'd, <laughs> he'd already been talking about that a few months before he came out. And um, my initial response we just bought school clothes was, no, we'll wait until your current drawers wear out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: what, I, what I didn't realize is I only had a piece of the narrative, so what he heard was, was no. no. All he heard was no. Right. Uh, and then, a. Uh, uh a few months later things went a little left and uh, you know, it's when we found out that he was transgender, so one of the first things we did was okay. Um we went to the store one morning, uh realized that he'd purged all of uh, all of those things. And I was uh, female
3: stuff, so yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, he'd purged all of it out of his dresser. And so we went to one well, of the local department stores, probably Walmart. And uh, when we walked down, It's was like, all right, today's as good as any. Let's go to the boyfriend section. Melissa and I we went over there and I gave him some Ninja Turtle T-shirts and some boxer briefs and uh, took the bag to the kid, handed in the bag, and probably for the, he struggled with some depression, probably for the first time in months. Uh, he lit up, and he was, for a moment, he was our uh, kid again. Mm-hmm.
3: People, those boxers. Here. People, those boxers out like it was the golden ticket for Willy Wonka. He <laughs> <laughs> just saw the beams light up all around, and it's like angels were singing. It was boxers. <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited. Oh
2: yeah, heaven's light <laughs> shone down right on right <laughs> <through> everybody.
3: <the ground.
2: laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, but yeah, because he had, you know, he had struggled even coming out to kill us. And uh you know, things had gotten a little dark for him. Uh, but he did. He he lit right up and I'm like, All right, we're we are on the right path.
0: Well. And it's just those I mean, it's those little things that you just don't think about, you know? Like I you know, I haven't been in that situation, but if my if my child if I I were to be in that situation, like those are the things that until their voice to me, like I would have never Thought about something like I guess to me seems so simple, but to them is is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Well, and for and well for me, it's kind of like so. If, if Ash were not transgender, and say Ash were born with some type of say disability, and he's like, "Daddy, I need a wheelchair to walk. I need a wheelchair to feel whole. I will get you a wheelchair. I will mm-hmm. find you the best wheelchair that I can afford if it makes you whole." And this is no different.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, you guys are good parents. Like, just su- good <laughs> humans and good parents. Yeah. I mean, really. I. Yep.
3: Yeah. I don't know. We have our moments. We yell and we argue and say things that we probably shouldn't sometimes. And you
2: know, so you know, we have oh, yeah. our flaws. That's for sure. Wait, you mean you're this human? This is the ten percent view. This is the ten percent view. The <laughs> we're every other parent. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, but didn't you guys say before, like it's, it's like when the um, parents are kind of grappling with switching pronouns, like it's it's not about perfection, it's about progress and effort. I don't think that that's any different right. for you guys. Like, I I don't. I think no. you could be pretty great parents, but not be perfect humans. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Well, I, um ken and in, in our talking too, and, and I know that um, you now you used to be pretty pretty heavily involved in the church at one point in time
2: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> the, the,
2: uh, we we both were yeah, we both were
0: okay. um, yeah and Melissa was too and and I, um, and so I don't know if you can maybe talk about how um,
1: maybe how that. Um Ann shut me out here. Influenced you one way or another. <laughs> Is that what you're going for? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny well, how she does again. that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um it it's um it, it, I, I think it influences me on a pretty real level. hmm In the sense that um so when people ask me now, I tell them I have a I have a faith. I don't have a religion. For me, religion is the things you do on, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or the rituals and stuff that folks.
3: Take that think's great.
2: It's just not my it's just not my thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a faith. Um, I don't need all the rituals to maintain it. Um, that faith does drive my, my decision-making, I believe, drives Melissa's as well. Um, you know, one of my, a friend of mine was like, well, how do you reconcile Asher with your faith? Um, you know, and, and God and all that. And I was like, well, and in my true matter-of-fact way, I just like, well, I will, I will gladly, if there is this whole day of judgment, uh, I will gladly explain to my Maker why I supported that kid before I explained to him why I was a bully. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, that, I mean, it's just... So, it
0: came from... Go ahead,
2: Melissa. Oh, go ahead.
3: Well, go ahead. Uh, we came from, you know, Christian homeschooling and, and being involved in Christian homeschool groups, and the kids for six years went to a Christian homeschool enrichment program that that both of them were involved in, and Ash actually came out while he was still involved in that and um had some rough times and was in and out of school for a while i never heard anything from the school as to why they never questioned it they just let it be and then finally when he when he decided he was going to come out 100 percent and live full-time as himself i went to them and I said this is what has happened this is where we're at and none of y'all have stepped in to try to be the support that we needed and then you know, this is what's happening, and I blasted it to the to the whole school basically, and said, mm-hmm. "Our kid is transgender, and this is who he will be." And they came back at us saying, "You're going against God in the Bible, and you're not welcome here." I even had one parent send me a conversion camp um, mm-hmm. link, mm-hmm. saying that I might need to send my kid here. I said, "You know what? You can go ahead and keep that because I know what I'm doing. I know we're on the right path. You you keep that for somebody that needs it." Um, so it it was was difficult and so you raise these kids in a Christian background, I mean they were always, they grew up in church Mm -hmm. always involved and then so he sees this and he hears this from these people, lost all of his friends that he'd had for five or six years and um, he has no desire whatsoever to have any belief in God or anything church or religion related and I don't blame him I mean when you see that
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and that's all you've ever known, it totally turns you off
2: from it. You no, know, and he also deals with uh, strong senses of abandonment.
3: Yeah, I mean, you lose all your friends, sure. best friends that you've grown up with, and they all bail on you. Um, it's hard to, to get past that, and he's got a lot of issues with that.
2: I mean, you kissing know, as adults, you know, for us, a relative lens of six or seven years is a, a flash in the pan, but when you're 12 his whole collective memory of people vanished. You know, these are people that he knew since he was five or six. So for him, that was his entire life gone. And because of why.
1: Yeah, exactly. Not because of anything he had done, but simply because of who he was.
3: Yep.
2: You know, he didn't do anything to anyone. He didn't say anything to anyone. He didn't hurt anyone. Because... He was going against someone's idea of what the plan was. Uh, he was no longer allowed to to be around.
0: Mm. You know, and uh, people wonder all the time. You know, why? why less and less people, or I guess, or I guess, quote unquote Christians, are people that are actively involved in. A lot of different churches. I grew up in the Missionary Baptist faith um, here in Arkansas. It's like people wonder well, why why don't you go to church anymore? Why why you know why, why don't I see you at Easter Sunday or whatever? It's like well, I mean, you know, I I, I value that and that I think I have a very good foundation of maybe what's what's really you know right and wrong and how to treat someone. But then when the, when I started growing, when I grew up and started seeing the judgment and the, you know, if you don't do it this way, you're going to go to hell. Then it was okay. Mm, yeah, that's not okay, and that's not what I view as a Christian. And and it's like, well, step back outside of what you're doing and look at yourself and look at what you hear what you're saying to people. That's why. Yep. People aren't going to church anymore.
1: Mhm.
2: You know. Yeah, because like. L- L- love your neighbor is not a if and
1: statement.
2: Right. Or a but. It's just love your neighbor.
1: Well, and it's the great commandment, right? Because somebody at the time had the foresight to say, hey, so you've given us lots of rules. Um, which are the ones, like, which are the most important ones? And the answer was pretty clear and pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Love well, your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Like, that's, there is no commandment greater than this. I mean that to me, that yeah. kind of settles it all, right? <laughs> all this other stuff. Oh wait, they told us which one actually weighs more heavily. Let's let's do that one.
2: Yeah. Right, and for, for you know, and I try to keep things simple in that regard as well. I've, I've, I've read. I don't claim all of that all of the Bible, but I've read a, a large amount of it. And when you get to that, for me, when I get to that part, I don't need to read anything else to understand the guiding principle. I don't, okay. I don't have to read. I don't have to read the Leviticus. I don't have to read Hebrews. I don't have to read any other chapter to understand. For me, that's the single guiding principle: try to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we try. Not always successful, but you know, I try to start with the the two I help bring into this world. Um, you know. You I'll wear, wear my cliché out. You know, I, I'm serious when my, my job, but their job is not to fulfill my dreams. Um, our job is to help them find theirs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Ash wants to be a mortician. Great. Be a mortician. Yeah. Yes, we took that
3: school tour Saturday. <laughs> you know,
2: we, don't know, we don't know what Kennedy wants to be, but whatever she wants to be, be that. Yeah. 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 You know, if... If the police aren't knocking on my door,
3: I'm <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't the break kids would have to leave the house for that to happen first, though. Right. <laughs> Don't break
2: You know, be good. Yeah. Be who you be. Who you are, who you need to be. Um, but the best version. hmm You know, the, the best as best as you're able. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the whole buying the boxer briefs. What difference? You know, openly, what difference did it make to me? I'm not wearing them.
0: Right, right. You know, mm-hmm.
2: kid wants boxers, gym boxers. Shortly after we got him his first haircut. I mean, his mom, he and Melissa Her, he got first his first boy haircut. Yeah. His first boy haircut. Um, and he came home looking like a Cheshire cat, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: man, that's, y- you guys, um, you know, for whatever reason, when I saw your video and just, again, like we've talked about, seeing you there and the way that you were addressing, you know, however many people you were addressing in that video and talking about Asher, your son, and the way that you did that. It's like, I, I need, I've, I've got to post this because other people need to see this, you know, and it, and it speaks to, I mean, both of you are, I just, I hope that this story reaches as many ears as possible, because I think you guys kind of exemplify what um, what parenting. Period. Parenting on whatever level is about, and I just commend you for for what you're doing. And because it does, it takes, I think, a lot of courage um, to be doing the work that you guys are doing, especially in a climate that we are in now, and even more so in the South, where you guys are now.
3: So. Well, I'll give a little story about something that's happened this week, um, that kind of leads to, or gives more context to why we do what we do. So um, a local, they were local at one time and part of our actual Dallas group trans uh, child and family moved up to a small town in Oklahoma and didn't have any issues for two years and suddenly this week it's blown up it's in Oklahoma it's blown up because mm. parents on their, their school uh, Facebook page started talking about this trans child going to the bathroom mm-hmm. there had been no issues there had been supportive but they started making physical threats and saying things like, "If she wants to be a girl, I've got a knife, and we can take care of that for her," and saying just hateful, mean nasty things. So, yeah. You know, and these were the uh, parents, mama bears and papa bears jumped on that, and and people started. You know, I mean, it's gone as far as the FBI at this point because that was a that's a federal threat
1: mm-hmm.
3: on an internet page. So I mean, it, it's these type of things that these people are uneducated about mm-hmm. trans kids. And probably fear leads them to that, but that's over and above fear. Um, that's just your hate, mm-hmm. and so these are why groups like ours are needed.
1: Mm-hmm. So we can go
3: out and educate. We can talk. We can share this information. We can show people that our families are just like anybody else's. And so we're we're supporting that family in any way that we can at this point. And so are a lot of other groups um, from the ACLU and HRC and smaller, you know, local groups in Oklahoma and groups in Texas. So. They have support, they have all of it that they can get, but it's not going to change the fact of what these people said and what they did. And so things like this, this podcast might get out to somebody that can just listen to it and realize that we're all normal, we're all the same. They're just, they just want to be who they are. And just having support from friends, family, and just local allies, people that can just say, hey, you're not right in saying that, just mm-hmm. let this kid be. Just like a lot of people jumped on with this, they've got so much support from this small Oklahoma town that they, they didn't realize.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and
3: we hope to see that continue. So those are the type of things that, that we want to help support and be there for and, until those things go away, until we don't have to do that anymore. That's a, that's a big focus on what our group tries to do as well. So, And as a parent. Mm-hmm. That visibility. Yeah, they, you know
2: Go ahead, Ken. And these kids already. These kids already will be on a path to make, you know, decisions never dreamed of at, at ages well before, you know, adulthood. Already a road of of obstacles. The least we need to do as adults is add to those. Mhm. Yeah. Challenges with our <clears throat> with our. Old baked-in ideals, right? And I had a I had a long road of baked-in ideals. I was former, you know, way way right, way right conservative, uber all that. Mm-hmm. Uh. But at the end of the day, uh, those ideals don't matter if it's the difference between you getting to live with your child or visit them at a freaking headstone,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's that it's that simple.
1: Mhm. Mhm.
2: Because supporting that kid, in many instances, can be the difference between a life and a grave.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, and uh, uh, so many people don't realize um, they don't realize how high the suicide rate is within the LGBTQ plus community, and especially in the trans and the T part of that community. Um, And and I think a lot of people just don't even realize the bullying and and all those other things that go on. It's like I I talk to friends all the time and friends that are close friends of mine, you know, and say, tell them about different things that have happened in different areas of the country, you know, um, whether it's suicide or or someone, even a, a gay son being killed by his father or... You know, yeah, right. or even like someone being um, kicked out of their house. They're like, "Oh no, that doesn't happen." Or even someone being fired because they are, are gay, and and people can't wrap their head around, and they're like, oh, "There's no way, no, that no, that stuff doesn't happen." You know, it happens every day, mm-hmm. multiple times a day, in places all over this country, and and internationally. probably way
1: more than what we realize. Mm-hmm. Like not to be an alarmist, oh, yeah. but. Way more um, than what we, we realize
2: people that are, we know people that are living in houses that are not their own because they've been displaced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Well we
3: well, and, I mean if, if you watch the news the we're on I think the sixteenth person of color transgender mm-hmm. woman that has been killed this year so far um, and that just you know that number will keep growing
1: mm-hmm.
3: and unfortunately they're they're the ones that are targeted the most. And women of
1: color yeah they are yeah. the most vulnerable demographic in the entire country
3: yep. like well, that's I mean, just I mean,
1: statistics that's just math that's not social commentary that's not editorial right. that's that's just math
2: and yeah. and rhetoric from DC only helps the exclu- exclusionary mindsets oh for sure when you when you, when you say person that is transgender or any other class can't serve in the military or shouldn't be able to serve in the military. You're saying it's okay to exclude, to have an exclusionary mindset. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're condoning and then they're by kind of encouraging, and I think that that's what we're seeing. But again, I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations and to highlight parents like you, people like you, you're saying that you know we're we're getting 10% of your view of your parenting. Um I'm I'm all in on the 10% that I've seen, Like, I'm all in and I like to think I'm a, a kind of decent at discerning character. Um so the 10% that I've seen, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I think you guys are nailing it. Not that you need me to tell you that, but I still want you to I still want you to hear it. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: yes, most definitely and and um, I th- th- thank you for everything that you're doing for the community there in, in Texas and even beyond because so many people, you know, have seen uh, the story now. And I just, I appreciate you guys very much for taking the time out of I know your extremely busy schedule to um visit with us and, and be our guest on the podcast. And I wanted to extend an invitation that uh, anytime that you, you guys might have something going on down there or that you think is is, is worth putting out there, which is probably several things, but um, you're always welcome on our podcast. For sure. Oh, thank you.
3: Appreciate it,
0: For sure. And um, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, we've been... On here, we could talk all day, I think. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Angie and I are, I mean, we can talk like crazy, and I think that the four of us could probably have a conversation that lasted the rest of the evening. But um, I'm going to go ahead and and say uh, thank you guys, and, and please uh, join us again sometime, and and keep doing what
1: you're doing. And um, I know you've got some fans here in Arkansas, so if we can help in any way... Yeah, we're all in on that, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We appreciate
3: that. Yes. so you uh, uh, for having
0: us. Yes, you're welcome. And for you guys that have been listening, you've been listening to Out in Arkansas. We are a part of the Arkansas Times Library of Podcast. You can find us at arktimes.com, arktimes.com. Um, we're also on SoundCloud and iTunes and... Um, Thank you, Arkansas Times, for letting us be a part of your podcast library. Again, you've been listening to Out in Arkansas with Tracy and Angie. Um, till
1: next time. Have a good week and be kind. Be kind.